Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. The volume. The three and out podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to bet every moment more than with FanDuel. With football ending, we have the NBA rolling, March Madness right around the corner, and my personal favorite, betting on the PGA Tour. I cannot recommend it enough. You get winnings fast, and winnings are also delivered in under two hours. It's a fun to combine multiple bets from the same game parlay. No big deal. NBA, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. That would be what I would do. If you are new, just download the FanDuel app. To get started now, sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. You know, I, I was I was torn. I, I went on Colin's podcast, and I was like, you know, should I do something? I'm basically, you know, going to reiterate the same takes. But they, you know, we ended up just talking Jimmy Garoppolo, Debo, the Rams, uh, Tiger stuff that I, you know, wasn't even going to talk about here. So I said, you know, I'll fire this up. There's something football-wise I wanted to touch on. I saw a comment from Dan Campbell, which I think was kind of um, torn apart would be strong, but I think a lot of people were crushing him because he said you don't need an elite quarterback to win in the NFL uh, to sustain success. So I want to dive into that. And then I'm also going to do some takes on this podcast on the Masters because obviously that went down this weekend. Scotty Scheffler 
Your Masters champ, 25 years old, is on one of the greatest heaters we've ever seen in the history of sports. He's won four times in, you know, basically 60 days. One includes the Masters. And obviously Tiger Woods returns and just a couple of thoughts on that. So do a little football at the beginning and then a little golf at the end. So I know not all of you guys are golf guys. I, I get it. Now they got 3.5 million viewers on uh, on Friday. So, you know, golf's on the come up. Uh, but obviously the NFL pays our bills. And, uh, you know, it's weird. Uh, three and Out Podcast, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. If you listen on Colin's feed, subscribe to my feed, Three and Out uh, leave a review helps with selling the podcast, share it with your friends and, uh, and yeah, anything else? Oh, Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram slide up into those direct messages. I think last year and it felt really big for me specifically, but I, I think it was a massive, massive draft. Part of it. I live in the Bay area. I talk a lot about the 49ers. They traded for the third pick, Trey Lance, the Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, quarterbacks carry a draft. Because when you have several potential first-round quarterbacks, like guys that are locks to be first-rounders, your draft is just famous because quarterbacks are really famous, right? I mean, they're just, they are the stars of the sport. Now, so are linemen, so are an offensive tackle and a defensive lineman once they become Trent Williams or Nick Bosa. But for the most part, like, they can't carry a draft. And right now, the draft just doesn't feel quite as big because it's not a star-studded draft. But part of being a star-studded draft is this draft just doesn't have the quarterbacks. Like I, I think if there all these quarterbacks in the history of the league wouldn't probably go in the first round, right? If up until about five years ago. Now we're gonna get a couple guys drafted in the first round, but if this was 2006, none of these guys would go in the first round. So I, I think we all kind of agree with that. Now that doesn't mean they're not gonna become good players, but based on their talent, based on what they did in the league, or excuse me, in college. And going into the draft process, like they just wouldn't be first rounders. Like Kenny Pickett wouldn't have sniffed the first round for like 30 years. But now quarterback inflation, right? I don't know about where you live. I keep reading that inflation's 8%. Where I live, it's like 60%. I mean, I go to the grocery store. We used to cost me 90 bucks. Now it costs like 180 bucks. Sometimes I'm at the grocery store. I'm not the biggest grocery store goer. But you got to go, you know, I, I try to not, you know, I didn't get out of the house. Part of it is like when you work from home, like part of like, I like going to the gym. I like going to the grocery store. It just gets me out and about. And you just, inflation's just obviously going on right now. Well, clearly with quarterbacks, it's no different. You see all these guys drafted. But last year, you know, Trevor Lawrence, one of the best prospects of the last like 30 years. Zach Wilson, I'm not the biggest fan, but he was a legitimate first round based on his tape. Now we can debate the level of comp and everything. Trey Lance, I mean, you just physically see him. I've said forever, if Trey Lance would have returned to school and had the same year he had, his one year starting at North Dakota State, he would have been a lock. Well, the Jags would have traded the pick, but like the Lions would have drafted Trey Lance. He would have gone number one or number two. He would have gotten number one because Jags would have traded the pick. And none of these other guys are going to sniff it. So it just, the draft doesn't feel like, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. You know, I'm just not, I'm trying to get into it, but like, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, it's like, ugh. The, the offensive line is like, ugh. There's not even, it feels like a Jamar Chase. Now, Garrett Wilson's pretty good, but uh, yeah. But I guess, I don't even know how I got down this rabbit hole, but Dan Campbell had mentioned that he didn't think you needed an elite quarterback to sustain success. And that's bullshit. That's just not true. To sustain success in the NFL, you need Mahomes, you need Josh Allen, you need Russell Wilson, the Rams with Matt Stafford, Tom Brady. Like, it's clear. 
Aaron Rodgers. Like it's not it's not debatable. Now you can have an individual season. The Niners have kind of had a couple with Jimmy Garoppolo. If your team is really good around them, the Eagles, right? The Eagles can maintain a competitive team with Jalen Hurts. But if Jalen Hurts just stays around what he's doing right now, you know, middle of the pack quarterback, and really, let's face it, he's probably closer to 20 than he is 10. Uh, their team's going to have to be really good around him. And look at last year. They had a really good offensive line. They had a really good defensive line. They had some playmakers. Like, they had a good corner. Like, they had some players. But if their team wasn't, was like, if you put Jalen Hurts on the Lions, they win two or three games, right? You put Jared Goff on the Lions, they suck. But if you gave them Patrick Mahomes, are they winning 13 games? No, but they're winning seven or eight. I'll promise you that. And you'd have a chance then to build up your team around the guy to be competitive. But I get where Dan Campbell's coming from. Because he's saying this, I don't even know if deep down to his core he believes that. Because he really resurrected his career and became the head coach of the Lions. It was getting head coaching interviews. And it was it was inevitable he was probably going to become a head coach again. Because he became Sean Payton's assistant head coach. And the Saints were built around Sean Payton. And I don't know this guy named Drew Brees who's going straight to the Hall of Fame. And he knows it. But here's the other thing he knows. We're not going to have an elite quarterback. At minimum for another year. So he has to kind of start playing the salesman. He has to start selling like, we're probably not going to be good again this year. Because you know what? They're not. They're going to suck. They're going to draft Aiden Hutchinson or an offensive lineman or who knows who at number two overall. That guy is not going to change their fortunes overnight. And there is not a quarterback he can draft that's good enough to take at number two. And then he's picking at the end of the first round, which, you know, you just keep your fingers crossed and hope. They are not, he's not in a situation. So everyone's shitting on him like this. Yeah, it's not true. We all know that. But sometimes as a head coach or as a GM, you have to say things that may be a lie or whatever to kind of set the tone for your organization and to let everyone know, like, that's not how we're thinking because we can't think like that because we don't have a guy. Because it's impossible. Like, deep down, the Eagles know. Now, they have to publicly support Jalen Hurts as long as he's their quarterback. But they know they can never be a constant power, no matter how well they build up their team, until they get a top 10 quarterback. And they're lucky enough that they're going to be able to build up their team and hopefully get the ability to land a top 10 quarterback sometime, but they might not be able to. Because the part of landing a quarterback, some of the stuff's out of your control, right? What the draft gives you, who's available on given years, who what picks you have available to trade for guys. Even if a guy, like last year, Matt Stafford wanted a trade. Matt Stafford was not going anywhere. He was only going to okay a trade to a couple places. It was like the Niners, the Rams, like the list was short. So to acquire that guy, and look, the Eagles, for example, could have been in on the Sean Watson sweepstakes, but I would imagine they're probably not comfortable with the stuff off the off the field. And they surely weren't going to give him $230 million. So the only way to acquire Deshaun Watson, he can say it wasn't about the money, you had to pay him $230 million. Because that's what the Cleveland Browns were willing to pay him, fully guaranteed. So if you weren't willing to pay him that, you weren't going to get in the mix. So it's, just, it, it's a complicated situation. I think we've seen so many young quarterbacks come in the league and have so much success recently. We think it's easy, and it's just not. We've been very, very lucky to see Joe Burrow, Herbert, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, just a group of, hell, even Kyler Murray, who, listen, I, I've criticized Kyler Murray, but I will not dispute his talent and not dispute that he belongs as like a difference-making player in the league. I mean, just look at the names I just listed. That's just in the last, like, you know, four or five years. And then we'll see how this crop of 
you know, between Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields, like, I would say at least one of those guys is going to become a star. And at least, you know, if two of the four, one of them becomes a star and maybe a second becomes like a really good player, like a Dak Prescott level guy, Kirk Cousins, like a really good starter. Like that's just more quarterbacks in the mix. Because as we see, Roethlisberger's gone. Brady's eventually going to go. Rodgers, who knows? Shit, he could retire at any moment. Uh, because what what if the Packers just have kind of a weird season? Now, he's so good that they should be able to get by, but but you never know. So I, I understand Dan Campbell is kind of, in college football coaches do this a lot. I saw this article in The Athletic about Mac Brown, like a tell-all about 2021, because they were like a preseason top 10 team, and they turned out not to be good, and he was basically blaming the media for anointing them. But it's like college coaches are constantly selling. They're constantly like wheeling and dealing, taking angles. Part of it is like they're just always in recruiting mode. They're always like the AD and the boosters. I think in the NFL, when you're really shitty, and the Lions have been really, really bad. And last year, while they played hard, they were not very good. They don't have very much talent on their team. I I do think you got to kind of become a college coach for like the first 24 months of the deal to just create some positive momentum, right? No one, no one wants to hear that about John from John Schneider and Pete Carroll. Like that, you you can't do that when you just traded Russell Wilson. No one wants to hear that from Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan or Mike McCarthy, right? But when you're really terrible, like the Jags, like Doug Peterson can kind of, if he wanted to, but he won't because I think he thinks they got a pretty good quarterback. I wanted to transition into the Masters because I talked to Colin about this on his podcast. I, I have so much, ad, and I've talked about this a million times, but just admiration for people with the will to just refuse to give up. Because I think it's human nature. It's so easy. It is so easy. And I, I I think about it like little things in my life, like my diet. I can have incredible like weak stretches where I eat really well. Uh, I, I'm very healthy. And then I can just, I, I'm i a dirty eater. I, I have no problem working out. I work out basically seven days a week. I'm getting a sweat every single day. My diet is shitty. And I, I, I just struggle with discipline there. And I'm always... And that's, that's my own fault, right? It's not like I'm just sitting on a couch all day. I will be active, no problem. I have no problem working out, but I, I'm not good with the diet. And people that just have the mental willpower to just overcome everything and to just the discipline, because discipline, you could argue it's a learned skill. I think some people are just, I think, more naturally born with characteristics, but I do think you can improve on it. I know I've definitely become a more disciplined human in my 30s than I was in my 20s and my 10s. A guy like Tiger Woods, his discipline has been on point since he was like a teenager. And having worked in the NFL and even worked in college football, like some people are just naturally a little more driven, a little more focused than others. And that doesn't mean they're the most talented people, right? Some are. Like when you get a guy like Tiger with just natural God-given ability to work his hands, Kobe Bryant who just has the, and then has the drive and the desire it's over. It's a wrap. That guy is going to be great at what he does. But I think a characteristic that every successful person in their in a very competitive industry, whatever that may be, whether it's Wall Street, whether it's professional golf, whether it's podcasting, has there's an element of discipline at a high level in their life. You know, and I think like listen, I I, I am not digging ditches. I have the ultimate white collar job. I, I talk into a microphone and I, I'm lucky to be able to do it and do it for a living and being able to like pay my mortgage, pay for food and have a good life. 
But there is like I, I don't miss football games. You know, there's no like, yeah, I'm going to go out and party tonight. Not no, I got to watch the Thursday night game, watch all the Sunday games, watch all the Monday game. Which again, it's I'm watching football. I'm by no means complaining, but I don't. I can't just go. You know, on vacation, you know, with certain times of the year, which is nothing wrong with that. Hell, I don't even go on vacation. But my point is, like, there's a level of discipline that every if you're listening to this and you're good at real estate, whatever you do. But there's a level of a guy like Tiger Woods and the discipline he has. He was walking next to John Rahm today, and John Rahm, who was just recently the number one player in the world, now Scotty Scheffler is going to be the number one player in the world for a while. He was just big, you know. John Rahm, John Rahm's a big guy, but clearly, you know, he eats a lot of food. He's probably not the most disciplined eater. Tiger who sat in a hospital bed for three months in a hospital bed and then came out of that hospital bed and had to rehab, probably couldn't walk very well for the last like six, eight months. Looks exactly like he did before the the injury. His discipline is second to none. We talk so much about Tom Brady. The reason we do, because Tom tells us about it. My mom bought me the book for like Christmas, TB12 in the other room. You, you flip it around, it's like a cookbook, it's all stretching, he tells you everything he does. I know nothing about what Tiger does. Nothing. His training regimen, beside like what I've heard from, you know, other podcasts or golfers talking that know him, but he never truly gives the details. If he gave those details, I mean, can you imagine if there was like an hour documentary on his rehab process? How many people would watch that? He's like a mystery. But the one thing you cannot ever argue about him is obviously his will and desire. The guy's discipline. And focusability is out of this fucking world. It's insane. Like, obviously, he shot 78, 78 over the weekend. It was cold. He was struggling to walk. But just how remarkable it was that he was able to get back is, I mean, one of his career accomplishments. But we don't really know anything because all of a sudden it came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, he might play in the Masters. That was like middle of the end of last week. And then by Monday of, of the Masters week, it was like, yeah, he's playing. Like, what? Are you serious? Where'd that come from? That's him. He's, you know, in a, in a day and age where social media, and there's really not that much mystery with anybody. You know, who's your favorite person in the media? Who's your favorite athlete? Like, for the most part, you know a lot about them. Twitter, Instagram, whatever podcast they host, whatever YouTube channel they got. Like, you know, it's it's all out there. When I was a kid, it was like, I wonder what Patrick Ewing is like. Tony Gwynn. Cal Ripken Jr. It was like they were gods. Didn't know anything about them. Besides, they're just being pro athletes. Now, Twitter account, I know what they're thinking. I know what they're eating. I know where they're working out. Like, you just, Tiger is kind of from a generation where obviously he has social media, but he doesn't let anything out. You never know what's going on, which I think kind of adds to, like, even Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan doesn't tweet. There's no Instagram of Michael Jordan. I don't know. To me, there's a, there's this mystique that Michael and Tiger have that like our current athletes just don't have as much. Now, maybe I'm too close to the sun in it. I followed obviously, but I I followed sports when I was 10, honestly, probably harder than I do now because I really just focus on football and golf. Now, I still watch the NBA and I still watch baseball, but like I consumed everything, honestly, 10 through like 20. I didn't miss a thing. Now it's like I just focus on work stuff, want to be locked in on it. I know nothing about these guys. Nothing beside what he gives me. And that is kind of an old school attribute and kind of refreshing is probably the wrong word, but it's just, that doesn't happen anymore. It just doesn't, you know? And uh, it was just, what a show. I mean, the guy, the guy is just a showman. And I, I mean, he's doing it to compete, to get his juices flowing. He's just, 
when you love what you do, I mean deep down to your core, when you're addicted to what you do, it's hard to not be good at it. Now, there no matter what you do, there has to there's an element of talent, there's you know, you have to have some intellectual capacity depending on the industry. But if you're just like addicted to your job, you will not suck. Honestly, you'll be good. Now, to be great, there are more variables that come into play, but Tiger is addicted to golf and addicted to the process of being good at golf and training to play golf and being ready to play golf. Obviously, he's going to be, you know, he's got back, knee, rod, and leg. Like, it's it's probably over. And when I say over, just, you know, I don't, you'll probably never win a tournament again. And I hate saying that. I'm like one of his biggest fans, but I just, let's just be realistic about this thing. But he ain't going to stop trying. And I think that's a quality I think about. Like, just, you know, just always make a good effort. You know, you're taught that when you're a kid. Your parents instill that in you. Uh, if you play high school sports, they instill that. Like, just try. Finish strong. The guy just tries. You know, he really does. He's got some... Obviously, some of these wounds are self-inflicted. But his, it's very admirable. It really is. And then the, the champion... Jim Nance mentioned this. Highland Park, where he went to school, has the Super Bowl... Champion quarterback, Matt Stafford, has one of the greatest pitchers of his generation in Clayton Kershaw, and a Scotty Scheffler that just won four times in 60 days. One of those, TPC Scottsdale, one of the biggest tournaments of the year, WGC match play, Arnold Palmer, which is very hard to win, and then the Masters. Like the guy, we still have three majors to play and the tour championship. I got news for you, unofficially, Scotty Scheffler is the player of the year. Like that, That's a lock. I saw my guy Sobel tweeted out, he's already won $10 million this year. I know Phil thinks golfers struggling to feed their family. You got to take Saudi's money. He's won $10 million. I saw another tweet that said, if he's paying his caddy 10%, which I think when you get really rich, like a Phil, a Tiger, a Rory, you just pay your caddy like a, a salary. Maybe just give him a million bucks or 800 grand. You know, if you're making a ton of money, you're giving him 10%. He could end up making, you know, two or three million. So it's easier to just pay him money, put him, his family on the health, you know, you, you develop an LLC, take care of his health care, you know, do all that type of stuff. You kind of run like a business. But I would imagine Scotty Scheffler is not on that level. So he's his caddy has already made like $900,000. And the tweet basically said that if he was a player on tour, he would be 80th this year in the money list. The caddy. So, Scott, you just, sometimes, you know, it's just, it's an all-time golf story. You just, you don't see a guy, as a buddy texts me, he's like, Scotty Scheffler has already had a better career than Ricky Fowler in 60 days. Think about that. Ricky Fowler is one of the biggest stars on the PGA Tour. He's easily one of the more marketable stars. And he was a really good player. It feels like kind of over. Scotty Scheffler just accomplished more in 60 days than Ricky has in his entire career as a professional golfer. That, that just puts into perspective, and Ricky's had a really successful career, but never won a major. Scotty Boom. Didn't just win a major, kind of kicked everyone's ass. Four-putted on hole 18, and still won by three shots. Rory was a really cool story. I, listen, I this job's probably hard. It's not easy to do. You see it a lot, right, when former NFL players become broadcasters, and they're not any good. You see, and the NBA does it all the time, right? They take famous player, they put him in the broadcast booth, and he stinks. So it's it's not just because you're a great player does not make you a great broadcaster. You know, when I was young, like Joe Montana, I don't even remember that, but I guess he was bad. I remember Emmett Smith was pretty bad. You just, 
you're not guaranteed. But usually with golf, like part of it is like maybe Larry Bird or Michael Jordan or whoever can't articulate what they're thinking. They just do it, right? Now, if you listen to Peyton Manning, like he can articulate. Like if Peyton Manning or Phillip Rivers or Tom Brady were on TV, they would be good at talking about football. One thing with golf, if you've ever heard a golfer, I mean, if you just go to YouTube and just type in Tiger Woods playing lessons, Tiger can articulate golf as well as any human ever. Phil Mickelson is a lead at it. But if you just listen to Rory, whoever, after they finish, articulate what just happened, most golfers are very well-spoken about what they just did. Now, it's it's golf's a lot different than like football or basketball, where it's like, I had to hit a cut here, I had to hit a draw. It's easy to do. But for whatever reason, Nick Faldo is one of the greatest players in the history of golf. He's got six majors. He's won the Masters three times. Yet when you watch him on television... He feels like he never knows what's going on. It's like, Nick, you won this tournament three years and you're constantly going, I'm not sure what he should do here. I don't know about Nick, you should know this course like the back of your hand. If I put Phil or Tiger on the mic next to Jim Nance and they got to every single hole, every single spot, like, Phil, what do you think about this shot? He's like, well, you need to do this when you're here because this slopes this way. This They would know Augusta as well as they'd know their house. Yet, Nick Faldo, and he, it's like this every week, but Augusta, like, that's his spot. It's kind of what made him really, really famous. Taking down Greg Norman when Greg Norman had the epic collapse. Yet, he brings nothing to the table. And then today, the biggest moment of the day, the, by far, was Rory chipping in. He blew it. He's like, Jim, I just saw something. Like, part of calling golf is, you know, it's some of these shots are tape delayed. He just gave it away. Just, just threw it out there. And then like a minute later, they have to show it. But he's like, I don't want to spoil anything. Well, you just did. We just knew something crazy happened. Part of watching something crazy in golf, if you're not, if they're not on the player live, is experience it live. And, and most of the broadcasters just fake it, right? They already know what happens. But us as a viewer sitting on our couch do not. Yet Nick Blue, the biggest moment of the day was Rory chipping in on 18. Like, I, I'd fire him. I think he's terrible. He's so bad but he was such a great player but we see it in these like most great players in other sports don't necessarily make a good broadcast in golf it should be pretty easy like you just Colt Nose was a PJ golfer really good college player they put him on the broadcast he's just good it's it's pretty easy you're just talking about golf hell I think I could do it I mean not like Valdos I don't know the masters but he he feels like he knows as much as me and I'm just a guy watching on TV from 3,000 miles away He's terrible, ruined, I repeat, ruined the moment, which was an incredible moment. The moment of the day, besides Scotty Scheffler getting the green jacket, was Rory chipping it in from the sand on 18. And then Morikawa did it, but it happened, Fowler couldn't even say anything. But he ruined Rory's moment. I mean, what are we doing? That's my little rant. Have a good day. And, uh, And yeah, I just... That Rory moment was pretty cool. But Nick, just be quiet, man. Adios. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. Are you looking for the hottest gambling advice out there? 
Check out the Moneyline Monaco podcast powered by FanDuel. Every weekday, our guy Alex Monaco will give you his best bets, including game picks, props, same game parlays, and much more. Monaco is in another groove and has won nearly 60% of his bets all time. So don't miss your chance to make some money by downloading the Moneyline Monaco wherever you get your podcasts, only on the Volumes Podcast Network.